And I want to invite you to open your Bibles to the 91st Psalm, Psalm 91. And we started a series last week called Living in the Last Days. We know that we're living in perilous times, according to Timothy. Paul said that to young Timothy. And so how do we live then in these last days? Well, I think the 91st Psalms gives us a lot of good information how you and I can live victoriously in the last days. In verse 1, it says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall remain stable and fixed under the shadow of the Almighty, whose power no foe can withstand. So we talked a little bit last week about what is this dwelling place. What is this secret place? Well, number one, we found out that the secret place is our safe place. In a time of trouble, He will cover us. He will take care of us. It is our safe place. We also discovered that it is also our saturation place. And we've been saturated with the presence of God today, have we not? He that dwelleth, if you dwell in Him... He will dwell in you. If you come close to him, he will come close to you. And then we also find that it is our resting place. You know, we sang about resting in the Lord today. And the scripture we looked at last week was Psalm 46, verse 10. Let be and be still and know that he is God. He is God. And he is being exalted among the nations. It doesn't matter what it may look like. We don't live by look like. But he is the high and exalted one. He is El Elyon, the Most High God. Amen. Amen. So he is our resting place. Those which trust in him, those who believe in him, can truly enter in to great rest. And this rest can be manifested not only in your heart, but how many of you know it can be manifested in your mind? In your mind and even in your physical body. Did you know that if you can rest on the inside, you can rest on the outside? And that's the reason why a lot of people are not resting on the outside because they're not resting on the inside. Well, we've got the cure for that. Let it go. Be still and know that He is God. He has got you. Amen? And then in verse 2, we says there, I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge, He is my fortress, my God, in Him I rely, I lean, and I confidently trust. So this secret place is also our sane place. It's where we make faith declarations. And when you live in the presence of God, your faith declarations carry much weight. See, the Bible says, if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession results in salvation. So you've already believed for the greatest miracle in your life. How many of you are born again? You've confessed Jesus as your Lord. And when you got born again, you didn't get repaired, you got recreated. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. If any man be in Christ, he is complete in him. He is the very righteousness of God in him. 
Well, if you've already believed him to be recreated, you can certainly believe him for some repairs. Amen? He is for your body. If, you are, if your body is for the Lord, if you will commit your life to him, as Brenda so wonderfully said in Matthew chapter 6, if you will commit your life entirely to him and you will go all in for him, spirit, soul, and body, the Lord will be for your body. He will keep you strong and he will sustain you until that day we all go to be with Jesus. Thank God. Say with me, there is sustaining power from the head of the church. So it is our sane place. And then the next thing we want to look at, this secret place is our safe place. It's our saturation place. It's our resting place. It's our sane place. And then it is our covering place. I just want to say to you today, God's got you covered. God's got you covered. Look at a few verses here in the next verses 3 and 4. Let's read it together of Psalm 91. For then he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions or his feathers and under his wings you will trust and find refuge. His truth and faithfulness are a shield and a buckler unto you. Oh, glory to God. Now, I think it's the message translation or the, the, what, whatever the next verse it says. Read that in the message. Ready, read. That's right. He rescues you from hidden traps. He shields you from deadly hazards. He shields you. So nothing can harm you. He's got you covered. You know, you hear a lot about covered California and a lot about health insurance. And thank God for having health insurance, right? But there is an insurance greater than Kaiser. There is an insurance greater than Aetna. Now, I'm not intimating that you'd not have insurance. You should have insurance. But you need to make sure that you check in and you cash in to the high insurance policy in the world. And that is in the kingdom of God. Amen. Some of you have gotten your flu shot recently. Different shots for this, different shots for that. I'm not going to go there. But thank God you can get vaccinated with the 91st Psalm. Take your vaccination. Thank God no evil shall befall me. Neither shall any plague come nigh my dwelling. Amen. So he is your covering place. He covers us from terrorism. He covers us from pestilence. He covers us from plagues. He covers us from all of those little crazy traps that the enemy would set up against us. Thank God no weapons going to formed against you is going to prosper. Because you are the covered one. Oh, he's hovering over you. He's covering you. He's watching over you to protect, to protect you, to defend you, and to preserve you in all of your ways. Somebody said, well, I just wish I could believe that. Thank God you can believe it. You are a believer. Amen. And what do believers do? Believers believe. So say it with me real strong this morning. I'm covered because I'm living under the shadow of El Shaddai. 
the God that is more than, more than enough for me, my family, my friends, my loved ones, my church, my nation, and the entire world. That's good news, guys. So this is a a place of great covering. But you have your part to play. You can't just live like bozo. You can't live like a bozo and expect to be protected. You cannot live your life in the flesh under the dictates and the impulses of the flesh and expect to be covered. But on the other hand, if you live for Him, if you abide in Him, and His words abide in you, you're going to ask what you will, and it's going to be done unto you. So this is our covering place. The next one we want to look at this morning, this safe place. How shall we live in these last days? We shall live under the shadow of the Almighty. We shall dwell in the secret place of the Most High. The next one we want to look at, this place is a place where we can live fearlessly. I said we can live fearlessly. The faithful ought to be fearless. Amen. And the verse we want to look at is 2 Timothy 1.7. You're doing so good reading with me. Let's read it together. It says this, 2 Timothy 1.7. And this is the amplified version. It says, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Of course, the amplified says He's given you a spirit of power. You've got the spirit of power. You've got the spirit of love. Now notice this next one. And a calm and well-balanced mind. Isn't it good to be calm? In unstable times, you can be calm. Your mind can be well-balanced. You do not have to go off. You can stay calm. You can stay full of peace. You can stay full of, of, of great, great confidence in Him because you're living in this secret place and this place is a fearless place. Say with me, I've been not given a spirit of fear, but a power and a love and of a sound mind. We want to work with this just a little bit today. Amen. God's not given you a spirit of fear. So you can refuse to be afraid. You can refuse to fear. You should not be afraid of anything or anyone. Why is that? Because a sound mind is part of your inheritance. It belongs to you because you have been born again. How many of you know there's no worry in a sound mind? There's no anxiety in a sound mind. So to fear then is to put my attention on the wrong thing. If you can put your attention on the wrong thing, you can surely put your attention on the right thing. Whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and be any praise, think on these things. You can think the thoughts of God. So what does it mean then for you and I to live free from fear? 
That means nothing can move us. Nothing can shake us. Nothing can intimidate us. Nothing can paralyze us. Nothing can put us in a state of panic. Not the devil's lies. Not people's attacks. Not situations that we face. Whether it be health or finances or family or nationally. We do not have to be moved by fear. And so our lives and our testimony should be an absolute picture of the book of Philippians in chapter 1 and verse 28. So let's go over to Philippians 1 and verse 28 and notice what he says here. And do not for a moment be frightened or intimidated in anything by your opponents or your adversaries. Now notice. For such constancy, and say it with me, and fearlessness, what is it? It will be a clear sign, a proof and a seal to them or your enemies of their impending destruction. How many of you know that boy is going down? There's a pit waiting for him called bottomless. And when you live your life right here, right now, fearlessly, it makes him nervous. Why? Because he knows that his day is coming. He knows that his destruction is on the way. Hallelujah. And so it is a sign, it's a token of his impending destruction. But it is also a sign and evidence of your deliverance, of your salvation. And yet, the and salvation, and that from God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So in nothing, terrified by our adversaries. The NLT says this, Don't be intimidated in any way by your enemies. The message says this, Not flinching or dodging in the slightest before your opposition. See, one thing that will help you greatly living in these last days is to remind yourself of your right standing with God. You know, 2 Corinthians 5.21, you're all aware of this one. It says, For he, God, made Jesus to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Years ago, E.W. Kenyon said, Righteousness simply means You have the right, the privilege to stand in the presence of a holy God without a sense of guilt or inferiority as if sin never existed before. I want to tell you this. If you have been given the right to stand in the presence of an all-righteous God, you certainly can stand in the presence of your enemies and declare who you are, where you are, and what you have in Christ Jesus. You do not have to cower down. You don't have to cower back in fear. No, you can stand up as the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus and make your declarations. Amen. Oh, glory to God. That makes me happy. See, it's important that we become established in certain truths in the Word of God. Righteousness is one of them. Amen. The reality of the new creation is another one. The reality of your redemption is a must for you to know that you are not under the enemy's thumb, but that you are the redeemed of the Lord. Amen. 
redeemed from the curse of the law, redeemed from poverty, redeemed from sickness, and redeemed from spiritual death. Say with me, I've been redeemed. So this establishment of these truths in your life, if you get it way down in your spirit, you've got a good foundation for living victoriously. I know what I'm talking about. I got a hold of these truths way back in the 1970s. This is what I cut my teeth on. I cut my teeth on the reality of my redemption. And all of a sudden, that vision got implanted into my spirit where I could see myself in right standing with God. I could see myself redeemed from sickness and disease. I could see myself, glory to God, complete in Him. And so I would rehearse that and declare that day after day, week after week, decade after decade, still doing it today. And these truths are getting even stronger in me today than they were yesterday. But if you will do the same thing, you will be established. Your heart will be fixed. You will not be moved. You will be trusting in the Lord with everything you have. And when bad news comes, you've got so much good news on the inside of you that it overcomes the bad news that you're hearing with your ears. Why? Because you've been speaking, you've been declaring where you are and who you are in Christ Jesus. So say in the I am the righteousness of God. In Christ Jesus. Now notice what Isaiah 54 verse 14 in the Amplified says. It says this. You shall establish yourself. Whose responsibility is it? You shall establish yourself in righteousness, rightness, and in conformity with God, His will, and His order. Now notice what the result of an established heart is. It says... You shall be far from even the thought of oppression. Man, far from the thought of oppression, but not only oppression, but destruction. Why? For you shall not fear. You shall live fearlessly in the last days. But not only oppression and destruction, you shall also be far from terror. Come on, say it strong. For it, terror, terrorism shall not come near me. It shall not come near my family. It shall not come near our schools. It shall not come near our churches. It shall not come near our synagogues. Terror shall not come near me. And you know, Jesus said, you can have what you say. If you will say what he said, he will do what you say. That's profound. If you will say what he said, he will do what he said for you. He's the high priest of our confession. So hold fast, friends. Hold fast the confession of your faith. Hold fast the declaration that you have been placed in right standing with God. 
And as you hold fast to what he has said, he will keep you, he will cover you, and he will surround you with heavenly hosts all the days of your life. Oh, hallelujah. We're living in a fearless place in these last days. Amen. We're not afraid. We're not afraid to walk around the block. We're not afraid to go into a grocery store. We're not afraid to go work out. Somebody says, work out? What's that? You know. We're not afraid. We're not living in fear. Folks, we've only got a little time left. We ought to max out the time we have left. I mean, full bore. I mean, let's go for it. The finish line's not too far away. What do you say? Glory to God. We put on our running shoes. We get our dancing boots on. We get our shouting clothes on. And let's give it all that we've got living in the last days. Listen, friends, God's counting on you. He's counting on me. He's counting on all of us to be at our very best in the last of the last days. If not us, who? If not you, who? If not when? It's got to be right now. We're living fearlessly. Isaiah 41.10 says this. He says, fear not. Fear not. There's nothing to fear. For I am with you. Don't look around you and tear. Why? Because you're established. Don't be dismayed, for I am your God. I'm going to strengthen you. And I'm going to harden you to difficulties. I'm going to help you. Yes, I will hold you up and retain you with my victorious right hand of rightness and justice. Is that you? Is that your family? Point to yourself and say, that's me. Point to your neighbor and say, that's you. And lift up your hands and say, that's all of us. So what do you say we adopt a zero tolerance policy regarding fear? Amen? Kenneth Copeland said many years ago that fear tolerated is faith contaminated. So let's not put up with it. Let's not manage it or cope with it. No, let's eradicate it. Let's get rid of it. And the Spirit of God will show you areas of fear. If you'll open up your heart to the Holy Spirit, He'll show you those fears that have come into your life and He will show you the way to eradicate them, to dismiss them, to cast down those images of defeat, to cast down those images of going down and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So I believe this. A great antidote, antidote for fear and anxiety is something that <laughs> it, it, it is so powerful. First of all, let me you know, uh, define to you what an antidote is. It's something taken or given to counteract a particular poison. 
When I saw that definition, I thought, you know what? Worry is a poison. Anxiety is poisonous to your soul. It's spiritual poison. But I believe I've got the remedy. And one of the keys to living fearlessly in these last days is to believe in God's great love for you. He loves you as much as he loves Jesus. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 16 through 18, it says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear. That's verse 18. What that means is this. When you get an understanding and a revelation of how much God loves you, it will eradicate fear in your life. It will turn it outdoors. Read verse 18 with me. Ready, read. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. So here's what I do in my life. I will say this repeatedly. God loves me as much as he loves Jesus. Love loves me. Amen. Say that with me twice. Love loves me. One more time. Love loves me. Amen. And there's no fear in love. Because perfect love casts out fear. Now notice with me in verse... Uh, 5 uh, through verse 13, verse 11 in the Amplified. It says, You shall not be afraid of the terror of the night, nor of the evil plots and slanders of the wicked one that flies by day, nor for the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor of this destruction and sudden death that surprise and lay waste at noonday. Verse 7. A thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand. Say with me, but it shall not come near me. Now I need to say this today. It's good to make your declarations of faith concerning being covered and being free by, for, because of his protection. But you also must be led by the spirit. Amen. You've got to be led on where you're going. You've got to be conscious of your surroundings. You know, one thing that Brenda and I say continuously, we're always in the right place at the right time, doing the right things with the right people. And there are certain places I don't allow Brenda to go. There's a certain place I said, no, I'd rather you didn't go there. And she'll say, why? I said, because you're a beautiful woman. And you're driving a nice Lexus. And you've got a pink purse. <laughs> and you know, the enemy would love to take advantage of that. Now, we plead the blood of Jesus in the name of Jesus every day of our life. But we're also determined to be led by the Spirit of God. Amen. I was getting my hair cut the other day. Now, I was talking to the, the gal that cuts my hair, and as far as I know, she's not a Christian, but I said, have you ever heard of a hunch? And I was trying to talk to her about spiritual things. She said, yeah, I, I know what a hunch is. It's that feeling that I shouldn't do something. You know, everyone's got that on the inside of them. But don't ignore it. Yeah. Pay attention to it. 
especially in the last days. Pay very close attention to your associations. Be very close, pay very close attention of where you go and when you go. Somebody says, that sounds like fear. No, that's just wisdom. And God will impart to you wisdom living in these last days. Amen. And so I was talking to her about hunches and I told her a little bit about, you know, there's a certain place I don't like Brenda to go. And she says, you know, I feel the same way sometimes when I get around certain people. Now, here's a young girl. I say young. You know, young to me is anyone 50 or less. Just kids, you know. Even though they don't like to be called kids. And I look at, you know, Michelle and Sabrina and Christina. They're our kids. But they're not kids or adults. But she says, you know, she says, I feel that way sometimes when... I get around certain people. And she said, you know what I do? She says, I get away from them. (laughs) Amen. Now, if an unbeliever, I think she's an unbeliever, if an unbeliever knows that, how much more? more? Those of you who are in Christ. Those of you that have been trained in the school of the Holy Spirit. How much more should we pay attention to the cues... To the witness, to the red lights that the Holy Spirit may be given us. I've heard of people heading off on a trip, getting ready to down a jet. And they said, no, don't do it. Don't take that trip. And somebody says, well, what happened? Nothing. Amen. They stayed safe. You don't know why. You just got to follow after peace. You got to follow after the anointing. Follow after the glory of the Lord that God's put on the inside of you. Amen. And it's the same thing's true with the, the local church. You know, there's a lot of good local churches. Amen. There's a lot of great churches in the Bay Area, but God's got the right church for you. And so when you go to a certain church and you don't have it in your spirit to stay in that church and become a part of that church, don't do it. Well, does that mean there's something wrong with that church? Something wrong with that pastor? No, not at all. It's just not the cup of tea for you. I believe God's got the right church for you to be in the right place in the last of the last days. And I'm so glad you're here today. Because a lot of you said, this is my church. This is where I belong. Say it, I'm always in the right place. Hallelujah, at the right time. doing the right things with the right people. See, who you're hooked with is vital. Who you're connected with is extremely, extremely important. I watch my associations very carefully. I mean, those who I consider mentors and those who I consider spiritual fathers, I watch my associations very carefully. Why? Because God has got the right people for me and for you to surround ourselves with. Amen? Hallelujah. I'm forever hooked with the Hagans. Amen. I was listening to Brother Hagan yesterday. 
I'm forever hooked with the Hagans. There's other people that I'm forever hooked up with. And you know what? What's in their lives has gotten over into my life. What is in the people that you are associated with will get in you and get on you. So if you're associated with a bunch of critical people, watch out. That spirit of judgmentalism and criticism will get off on you. Or if you're affiliated and associated with a lot of angry people concerning politics, that anger will get off on you. And what happens a lot of times, they get in huge crowds and large crowds and don't really know that they're in the flesh and not really in the spirit. All of this anger and all of this frustration. God has not called me to go preach Trump. He has not called me to go preach Bidenomics. I'm called to preach the gospel, the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what I'm going to be held accountable for. Somebody says, don't you care? Oh, yes, I care. But I take my cares and I place them into the hands. It can do something about them. And I pray in the Holy Ghost, believing that my prayers avail much and can take things and turn things around. So I'm not going to associate with a bunch of angry people. I'm just not going to do it. I'm going to associate with the peacemakers. I'm going to associate with those who function and operate in the spirit of love and in the spirit of God. Somebody says, well, I don't know whether I like this preaching or not. Well, pray about it. God will show you who to hook with, who to associate with. I didn't know all that was in here today. But it's good preaching anyhow. Raise your hands and say, thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm not a doctrine cop. I'm not called to straighten everybody's doctrines out. I'm here to preach the pure, uncompromised word of the living God. And I'll let God take care of all that stuff. Good preaching, Pastor. Amen. Goodness, goodness, goodness. Verse 7. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. Say of me, will not come near me. Verse 8 says, only a spectator shall you be. Yourself inaccessible in the secret place of the Most High as you witness the reward of the wicked. Read verse 9, 10, and 11 with me. Ready? Read. Because I have made the Lord my refuge, even the Most High my dwelling place, there shall no evil befall me, neither shall any plague or calamity come near my tent. For he will give his angels a special charge over me 
to accompany and defend and preserve me in all my ways of obedience and service. I believe in these last days we are going to see a great uptick in angelic visitations, angelic manifestations. We're living in the last of the last days. In Psalm 91 verses 11 through 13 in the Passion it says this, God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. The devil likes to set up traps. He thinks he can defeat the people of God. But we've got a mighty defense. We've got divine intervention, which is the angels of the Lord. Friends, the angel of the Lord is a guard. And he surrounds and defends all those who fear him. You may not be able to pay a security guard 24 hours and 7 days a week at your home. But you have a guard that's not of this world. You have angels who have been sent forth to minister for you. For you are an heir of salvation. And I want to encourage you this morning. I want to encourage you to activate angelic assistance with the words of your mouth. In Psalm 103 and verse 20, it says, Bless the Lord, you His angels, that excel in strength, that do His commandments. And what do they hearken to? Come on, you can do better than that. What do they hearken to? They hearken to the voice of His word. One other translation says, Bless the Lord, you His angels, mighty in strength, who perform His word, obeying the voice of His word. And you are His voice in the earth today. And they carry out the command and the declarations of faith-filled words. They don't hearken to doubt. They don't hearken to unbelief. Gloria Copeland says it this, They are CIAs. Covenant Enforcing Agents. I know it's an E, but I like that anyway. Say with me, they're ministering spirits to guard me and to protect me. I want to close with a couple of modern day stories about angelic protection. Brenda, come on. Let's give Miss Brenda a big hand as she comes. Hallelujah. This is a powerful one. Praise God. I got this story, very reliable source from Lynette Hagen. It's about a missionary. It's kind of echo here. So I'm just going to read this to you. It's awesome. A young missionary was home on furlough and told this incredible story while visiting his home church in Michigan. While serving in a small field hospital in Africa, 
Every two weeks, I traveled by bicycle through the jungle to a nearby city for supplies. This was a journey of two days and required overnight camping at halfway point. On one of those journeys, I arrived in the city where I planned to buy uh, medical supplies and then begin my two-day journey back to the field hospital. Upon arrival in the city, I observed two men fighting, one of whom had been seriously injured. I treated him for his injuries and at the same time talked to him about the Lord Jesus Christ. I then traveled two days camping overnight and arrived home without incident. Two weeks later, I repeated my journey. Upon arriving in the city once again, I was approached by the young man that I had treated. He told me that he knew that I had carried money and medicines, and he said to some of his friends, let's follow him into the jungle, knowing that I would need to camp overnight. The young man said, we planned to kill you, Take your money and all of your drugs. But just as we were about to move into your camp, we saw that you were surrounded by 26 armed guards. At this, a young missionary laughed and said, I certainly was not surrounded by guards. I was alone in the jungle. The young man pressed the point and, however, said, No, sir. I was not the only person to see the guards. All five of my friends also saw them, and we counted them. It was because of those 26 guards that we were afraid and left you alone. At this point of the young missionary sharing this account, one of the men in the congregation jumped to his feet and interrupted the missionary and asked if he could tell him the exact day when it happened. Well, the missionary told them the date, and the man who had interrupted him said, Well, that was night in Africa, but it was early morning here, and I was preparing to go play golf. But just as I was getting ready to putt, I had such a strong urge. Pastor was talking about hunch. He was led by his spirit. I had such a strong urge to pray for you. In fact, the urge was so strong of the Lord that I began to call men in the church to please meet me at the church to pray for you. Would all of those men who met me that day please stand up? The men who had met together that day to pray stood up. The young missionary wasn't concerned about who they were. He was too busy counting how many he saw. There were 26. So God used those 26 men and sent probably their angels over there to stand guard over that young missionary. Saved his life. And God is no respecter of persons. Amen. Something else happened down in uh, Southern California. Our kids go to schools in Southern California. And our youngest granddaughter is eight years old and... She was probably about six when this five. happened. She was just five or six years old. She had just old. turned and six. Yeah, Brenda was garden. down visiting the kids, and and uh, Lindy and uh, Brenda were picking them up at school. And I don't know if you remember whether she said this when you when you no were when we got up, when I got home. When you got she home. was talking. Tell us that story. This is pertinent. Yeah. So this was kindergarten. She was in kindergarten. Actually, it was uh, 2020. So COVID, you know, was just going on and all of that stuff. And so we get home, and she just kind of, you know, randomly said to me, Grammy, 
there's an angel at my school. And I said, oh, really? Someone dressed up like an angel? Or is there a picture of an angel in your classroom? They go to a Christian school. And she kind of like, matter of fact, no, Grammy, a real angel. And I said, oh, really? Where is it? Where is he? And she said, he's outside the window of our classroom. So she was seeing this angel of the Lord encamped round about Amen. their schools, keeping them protected. Amen. Amen. There's a lot of schools in the Bay Area. Amen. Let's all stand up. Let's pray. Thank for you, angelic Lord, assistance. for your protection. Angelic protection. Thank you, Say Jesus. Say we're living in the last days. We're living in the last days. We're living fearlessly. We're living fearlessly. We are covered. We are covered. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Right now, we lift up this San Francisco Bay Area right yes, now. Thank you, Lord. And Lord, we're the salt of the earth here. Others may not know how to pray, but thank God we do know how to pray, along with thousands of other Christians in the Bay Area. We are asking right now for protection over our schools, for protection over our shopping malls. We're asking for protection in public places, in the churches, in all the places where people gather. Devil, we serve you notice right now. We are not afraid of you. We are not backing up and we are not backing down. Therefore, in the name of Jesus, we bind you. And Lord, you said in your word, whatever we bind on earth is bound in heaven. And whatever we loose on earth is loosed in heaven. We loose the ministering angels, the angels of the Lord. Go now and preserve and defend and protect, Lord, the people in this area in the name of Jesus. We call out and we cry out for the great mercy of God. Go ahead and pray in your heavenly language just for a few moments. In Jesus' name. Oh, Mekiti Masolamaya. Elamondo Semadishe. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. And I pray over each member, Lord. I pray over each partner. I'm asking you, Lord, for the covenant enforcing angels to keep them in all of their ways. Defend them, Lord God, and preserve them. We speak in the name of Jesus. And everyone say, We plead the blood. Over our, lives. over our lives and we declare, and we declare no, evil, no evil no weapon no, weapon, no, evil, no evil is going to befall us and no weapon, and no weapon formed against us is going to prosper thank you Lord you're instructing us how to live in these last days under the shadow of Almighty. Glory to God. Glory to God. Oh, come on, somebody. Let's lift him up today. Let's give him praise this morning. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Obey the promptings of the Spirit. Obey that one that lives on the inside of you. For he is the Spirit of truth. And he will guide you. He will direct you. And he will enable you to live this life safely and freely. Regard him highly and honor him. 
Do not ignore him, but pay attention to the one who dwells on the inside of you. Say with me, I will, and I do, pay attention to the greater one. The Spirit of God, who knows the truth. Lead me, Holy Spirit. Direct me all the days of my life. I acknowledge you in all of my ways. Thank you for making my path straight and enabling me to make it all the way. I'm going all the way. I'm going all the way to the finish line. For this secret place is a satisfying place. For you said in your word, with long life, I will satisfy you and I will show you my salvation.